1: Welcome to it. It is a road show Thursday. We're here at the Single Barrel, 9th and P, downtown Lincoln. Thursday road show. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal inside The Graduate. As skies are a bit gray with some mixed in sunshine, but it's still warm. It's still pleasant. Still uh, kind of a summer-fall mixture before Old Man Winter gives you the double bird, but uh, get on down. We invite you to the single barrel. We're here on Thursdays. We're here on Saturdays. Back here, noon to two. Ahead of Nebraska, Purdue, and then uh, the following, uh, following the contest, the uh, the the twelve round affair. We 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 all think may happen uh, here for real. Red reaction. So uh, find us here at the single barrel. Really appreciate the good folks here for having us out. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and Hale Varsity Radio, uh, presented to you by Cornhead Lager, the perfect beer to enjoy while watching your favorite game purchase and help support NIL through the 1890 initi- initiative. When you buy Cornhead Lager, it heads right directly to that NIL. We will talk... Recruiting a tough decommitment for Nebraska. That's kind of on the doorstep. We'll get there. Plenty more from Matt Rule as he spent time with the media today just in front of Nebraska Purdue. And uh, we'll also uh, get a little glimpse into the latest GB Rewind, that uh, fiery halftime speech maybe you've seen on social media uh, with him uh, laying it down for his football team before they went out in secured things against Northwestern. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240, and uh, can also dial us up, 800-825-5865. Across the state where you hear us on the Hale Varsity Radio Network, email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Dot com. Follow Elijah. Awesome Twitter follow at Herbal Essence. Find me. I don't know how awesome I am, but give me a follow anyway at Schmidt underscore radio. Walter's already in. Walter was in at 4.04 Central Standard Time. And I can just hear his voice saying, well, we're waiting. Uh, that's what he says. Dion's already in. He's uh, fired up with all of his emojis, a football, a corncob and a heart. And uh, you can also chime in with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Watch us. uh, Watch the show there. And find it on the Twitter uh, feed as well, at HVarsity Radio. Elijah, that's all the business, my man. Uh, Busy weekend of football. Some games of interest. We'll check in with Danny Burke in about an hour and a half. Gary Barnett in hour two. And then Brandon Vogel from counter Reed will be with us at 425. We'll get Vogues' take on this Purdue and and Nebraska matchup. A lot of really smart coaches have always said, you got to beat teams that look like you. And the teams, as you entered into Big Ten play that you thought looked like you or you were on the same par or better than, at least on the recruiting trail, were the Wisconsin's and the Iowa's and the Penn State's and the Michigan's and the Ohio State's. You go back 12-plus years, that's what the expectation was. Well, the expectations, Elijah, continue to grow for this football team and the expectations for guys that have seen some spot duty. They've been forced into the forefront because the storyline this week and this Saturday will be Nebraska's offensive line and run game. But Purdue's one of those teams that they've had your number. Northwestern's one of those teams that has had your number. Illinois, stop me if you heard it before. But right now you have a chance to kind of flip the script and go 3-0 and against those teams. Nebraska fans, not all, but a lot of you say, okay, you look at it. A Purdue. You look at a Northwestern. You look at an Illinois, and you say, "Well, damn right, Nebraska should not ever lose to them." Uh, maybe once in a great while you get stung by them, and it's been more so the uh, the rule versus the exception. Uh, Nebraska has a chance to kind of change that narrative on Saturday and go two dose games above five hundred in the quest for six. But it's a huge game for both teams.
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, you look at Purdue, what they have coming up. They're 2-5 and five coming out of their bye week. They can really only afford to have one more loss if they want to go bowling this year. And oh, Which they is have next Michigan week. next week. <laughs> so you know Ryan Walters. He's going to have his team ready to go. They're going to understand what's at stake this week. And what's at stake this week for them is a bowl game. And sometimes you see teams like this with some fire and they're sitting at 5-6 and six the final week of the regular season. Think back to Ryan Walters. Final game as a Colorado Buffalo. They're 5-6 and six coming to Lincoln, hoping to make a bowl game against the Huskers. And what happens? Alex Henry tears their heart out, and then Ndamukong Sue stomps all over it with a pick-six at the end of the game. So he's been there. He's been in these shoes before. A lot of teams have been understanding your backs are up against a wall. And uh, and you really need to get a win, but for this Purdue team, it's just a little bit earlier in the season. As Dion chimes in and says, they're way better than their record. I think that's true. I think they're better than a two and five team, and I think they believe that they're better than a two and five football team, and they understand the task in front of them. If you want to make a bowl game, you got to start it out coming off your bye week. You got to beat Nebraska. You got to take your lumps against Michigan. If we're being honest here, regardless if they know your play calls or not, you're going to take your lumps, and then you follow that up with Minnesota, Northwestern, and Indiana to close the year. So the toughest task among the four remaining games you have to win is probably Nebraska, and they get that coming off of a bye week. They're going to know the task in front of them. They know it's going to be crappy weather. It's going to be Big Ten West football, and it's going to be kind of that risk aversion story for both of these teams and who wants to win a game. Who's going to make fewer mistakes on Saturday? That's probably the question. I think Purdue knows coming off a bye week what their task is in order to make a bowl game. It's don't make mistakes and go win a low-scoring battle. Don't make more mistakes than Nebraska, I guess I should say, is what their goal needs to be if they want to win this football game. And they have a bowl game in front of them still, despite what their record looks like. But the most important
1: game remaining on their schedule
0: is this upcoming Saturday.
1: Brian chimes in. Saturday marks the battle of the two most disturbing mascots, Little Red versus Purdue Pete. Purdue Pete is perfect for Halloween. He's got that little Michael Meyer twinge to him, the... Look into your eyes, those dark, soulless eyes of Purdue Pete. Never been a big fan of Little Red. Now I understand the kids love him. I get it, totally get it. I, I can dig Herbie, grew up with Herbie. Little Red always, well, bore me out. But Purdue Pete's just kind of crazy and scary. And I mean, you have a history of, of astronauts and brilliant math people that have gone to Purdue. Uh, and, and they have their history. They, they've kind of been a, a spot where a lot of good quarterbacks have come out of. Uh, Hudson Card, what, what is he all about uh, coming in? I know he's an athlete. I know he's a, another Texas quarterback that found his way to Purdue. And, and he may be the best quarterback. He probably is the best quarterback aside from Shadur. Nebraska has faced this season. And, and how does that play into what uh, Tony White and the Nebraska defense – can do uh nebraska's been really good against most teams they've they faced. they've had really good moments they've not been lights out their first two games but they flipped it so you, nebraska needs to really set the tone defensively and offensively yes take care of the football and run the bleeping ball and i think brian brings a good point in terms of that scare
0: factor with purdue pete like is Nebraska going to be playing scared because he got Purdue Pete in the sideline? He looks creepy, and I don't think Little Red—I <laughs> don't think Little Red is the second most disturbing mascot in college football. I think that's a little harsh. Have you guys seen the Clemson Tiger? That mascot, like, yeah, like the, the one that looks like he just got done smoking he's a, crack, a whole
1: bunch of crack. <laughs> yeah, he's a cracked-out Tony the Tiger. That's exactly what. Like that might
0: be the most disturbing mascot in college football. Purdue Pete's also got like the hollow eyes, the thousand-yard stare. But the Clemson Tiger looks like... Has a crawl space. I was going to say it looks like he's like, he's done some, some shady things behind a, a Hobby Lobby at 2 in the morning in order to get his fix. That's what he looks like. So <laughs> He's the number one most disturbing man. I wouldn't want to run into him in a dark alley. If any mascot in college football, it's the Clemson Tiger.
1: Elijah, where, why are we being so specific? We both know where the old Hobby Lobby's located. LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> why Why are we picking out South Lincoln? Why are we going right there? Oh, pretty good. Or, or you know, nothing against our friends at Hobby Lobby. I mean, you want to save money on framing, okay? <laughs> Free shout-out Thursday. But we're here at the uh, Single Barrel Inside the Graduate Hale Varsity Roadshow Thursday. So let's dive in uh, to the the other news, the bad news. Not, it, It's not good whenever you have a decommitment. Uh, in Nebraska's case, this is the decommitment number two. You had the kid down in Kansas, flip to uh, to Kansas State. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm whiffing on his name, but you got Caleb Benning last week, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, you have Kiwan Lacy, four-star back, decommitting from Nebraska. He's a, a Texas back, the 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 Lancaster. Uh, texas stud and he's been really locked in on nebraska since june 26th nebraska able to outlast ole miss and arizona state in baylor he's a top 330 prospect according to on three and he's just outside the top 25 when it comes to the 2024 running back cycle and you had lacy post uh, a heartfelt thank you to nebraska and Nebraska fans, but he's reopening his recruitment. And it sounds like, uh, A, Nebraska was in early along with an Ole Miss and a Baylor, but, B, his film has continued to to pick up some steam. The season's going well for him, and Ole Miss keeps knocking on the door. Florida is not taking no for an answer, and old St. Nick at Alabama is also – uh, high on Lacey so in one hand that's a big time credit to Nebraska being out uh, and early with their evaluation and connections in Texas to have a, a commitment from this kid uh, but the other side of the scale is man you, you haven't kept him uh, and, and kids are going to look around and you know what Nebraska will keep the door open they'll handle it the, the right way and uh, you have coach Kevin Smith uh, is, is from the Miami region. He's at Ole Miss. Right now, he's pretty enamored with how Ole Miss is using their backs, not only in their run game, but their passing game. You've seen Alabama kind of pick up some steam. Florida's got a huge game against Georgia right now. And and right now, uh, Nebraska's offense, it's not that you, you're not going to be featured or used, but... Right now, Nebraska's offense pretty tough to watch, and if you're a kid in Lancaster County or Lancaster, Texas, uh, thinking about making his, his football living in Lancaster County, you're uh, you're rethinking that a bit. Uh, and Nebraska's just gonna have to keep doing it on the field uh, with wins, and Nebraska's gonna have to keep developing relationships and keep that door open for uh, Lacey. I don't know how late, I don't know how high Lacey's been on the board for, uh, for Florida or for Obama. Bama but clearly he's on their radar now, and Ole Miss has always kind of stayed after him with the offense Lane Kiffin and company are putting up.
0: Yeah, I I think reading in between the lines here in recruiting, Nebraska got the commitment from Kwan Lacy back in late June, as you kind of laid out. Mm -hmm. Since then, his recruiting has not died down. He's still had a, a host of suitors. He's had a host of offers. There has been one. That he has posted up on his twitter page that was an offer to the university of florida that's the only offer he has officially gone public with despite the fact that it sounds like he's gotten more offers since he's committed to nebraska than just florida i think you can read between the lines and understand that whenever a kid does post up the fact that he's got an offer from one school and he's not posting it from the others that school is probably immediately closer to the top of his board than the other ones and I, i think they're probably in the driver's seat this school that convinced him to decommit from Nebraska. And they've had some serious recruiting momentum over the past couple weeks. That 2024 class for Florida, they just picked up LJ McCray, who – is a four, excuse me, a five-star defensive lineman, the number six player in the country. He's from Daytona Beach, Florida. They also got a five-star quarterback, the number two quarterback in the country in DJ Lagway from Willis, Texas. And then they got, oh, maybe the number two defensive back in the country as well, a five-star in Xavier Filsme from McKinney, Texas. So you see the momentum. Those are all guys that have committed. I shouldn't say all guys that committed this season. They picked up McCray and then they got, uh, the defensive back over the uh, summer as well. So you see the five stars in the boat there. You like what you got in Florida. You post up the offer. I think Florida's probably in the, uh, the driver's seat for this recruitment <laughs> is probably why Kawan Lacey chose now to decommit with some of that momentum they've got there. So that's my, my, my read from 5,000 feet up. I'm not on the ground. I haven't talked to the kid at all. I'm no recruiting expert, but something tells me Florida's probably in the driver's seat.
1: Yep. Florida has been hot after him. Uh, You've got a a, a Q McHugh, McMoo, excuse me, Uh, Rule finds talent early. Some decommits are going to happen, but there's no reason they can't lock those kids back down after they take the chance to look around. Double-edged sword of getting in first. That's what we were kind of touching on. Thanks for the comment. Uh, You have Montana Husker weighing in on the Lacey decommitment. If the coaches and players are going to say it, Uh, So do the fans. Kiwan is gone. Okay, what's next? So Montana Husker fan is uh, moving on. But he's a guy that you you want to keep in the class. And you just got to let him look if he wants to reopen his commitment. But Cutter
0: kind of nails it here with it is what it is. With the transfer portal, you never know where a kid will end up in the future. He may go to Florida in a year, be back with us. We have to focus on who wants to be here. That's from Mm -hmm. Cutter chiming in on this stream. And while I don't think that's necessarily like, oh, this kid, he liked Nebraska. He's off to somewhere else. So be it. Like, it's a disappointment whenever a kid decommits, especially a kid as talented as Lacey. And I don't think it's necessarily, well, maybe he's going to come back to us in the transfer portal here in a year. I just think you understand that. whenever you have things like decommitments, you know what, you're late on some kids, you don't like any running backs in the, in the process now, there's going to be a boatload of names in the portal, and there's going to be a boatload of names that Coach Matt Rule and company like. So maybe it's not Lacey that comes back in the portal, but if you can't clean this up, before the end of the recruiting cycle, you can't get a running back that you like. You understand that you have the transfer portal as a Band-Aid down the road, and that's what makes these, these decommitments hurt a little less. Whenever you can get a guy that's been in a strength and conditioning program at a college level for two years, you get him in the boat right away. That might be more valuable than a
1: freshman anyway with where Nebraska's at. Well, the experience factor at the level, you need someone to come in and perform, absolutely. Brandon Vogel's going to join us. We're here at the Single Barrel Hale Varsity Roadshow Thursday.